Welcome to a very rare live edition of the Blog Boy Roundtable, but when it's really big news, you've got to go live. Uh, obviously, there's some massive news we'll get to, uh, but first, let's introduce the Blog Boys. I'm Seth Bonador. We've got Anthony Vito, Robert Stieg, Nathan Bond, all of the Bay Area Examiner. We've got Nick Simon of DraftKings Network. Um, there's some really big news we're going to get to, but... We did just have a national championship game, so we'll talk about that really briefly. Um, any surprises from that game? Michigan obviously kind of physically dominates the game, but kind of lets Washington hang around for a long time. Like if Washington could just get over that hump, they'd have a chance. It never happened. Um, what do you guys think? How about Donovan Edwards coming out of nowhere? 17.3 yards per carry, 103 yards, two touchdowns, just taking that game over to start when everyone I'm, thought that uh, he got demoted. I believe he hit his over for rushing yards on his first touch of the game. <laughs> so that's pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad at all. What? What's? Did anything surprise you? I mean, there were kind of certain ways we thought. I think we even talked about this game could play out. Was this a surprising way for it to play out? Looking back at it, um, I mean, I expected wa- I expected Washington to just hit, just go gun blazing with those three wide receivers. And outside of, I know Dunze had a few good catches. McMillan caught the one touchdown pass, um, but outside of that, Michigan just shut. Michigan basically introduced that was Washington's formal introduction to the Big Ten because they baited Washington into an exact. Big Ten game like that looked like um, <laughs> that looked like anytime Michigan plays Penn State where it's like, hey, yeah, you know, you're within a touchdown. I guess you could tie the game, but you're not going to do that. You're just going to keep punting because there's nothing that you can do. And that was basically it. It was game over by I mean, it was still close, but Michigan was never going to lose after a certain point and kind of a, kind of a disappointing end to Washington season. but. Credits of Michigan for being this amazing, like amazing defense, amazing ball control team from start to finish. Like just a total dominant season for them. What about what yeah. about what about you, Nathan? Was that this surprise you at all? I know we're big uh, fans of Michael Penix. We, I mean, massive fans of Michael Penix. And so what Michael Penix did was he pulled out the uh, Randy Marsh. I didn't hear a bell. <laughs> Uh, because that man was still slinging it late into the fourth quarter. When if he doesn't have like a ruptured spleen or appendix or like four broken ribs, I'd be shocked. Like the dude took an absolute beating. He took an absolute beating all year. And the thing that kind of kind of clicked for me, forgive me if I'm I'm mistaken or I'm speaking out of turn here. Did Washington's offensive line won like the best offensive line? Joe, yeah, they won Joe Moore. They'd only given up eleven sacks all year. Okay, so ants, you guys can just all raise your hand, answer me simultaneously. Had you guys ever heard of this award prior to this season? Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, wa- wasn't it Michigan who won the previous two years? Yeah, quite literally never heard of this award in my entire life. And this is what gave me pause. And like, uh, yeah, they have the best offensive line and they're going to be great. I'm like, it was the Pac-12. 
Like, who are you really? <laughs> who are you really going against? You're going against Alex Rich's defense, or like, are we sure about that? Like, to be fair, the Joe Moore Award is like brand new. They started the award in like 2015 or something. Yeah, it's not crazy old. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like a. Tra- it's not like no. A, it's not like, like the highest. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. The first okay. time I heard of it was when uh, LSU when 2019 LSU. Their offensive line won that award, and it's like, okay, that makes. I mean, but that makes sense because it's L- twenty nineteen. Right. It's like okay, well, mm-hmm. okay, so okay, so I I wasn't losing my mind like I had never heard of this war- award before this season, and it just kept propping like propping up during the conversation of this national championship game. Like, man, uh, did they just give out a fake award to Washington to like try to help them out? Because it it honest to God seemed like that. And I, I felt for it. Maybe it was probably more my love for Michael Penix Jr. than anything else than the, the offensive line award. Um, but I mean, golly, uh, Michigan did whatever they freaking wanted on defense, and it showed that uh, Pac-12 offensive lines are not like uh, not that great. Well, I, Michigan's got I dudes, think, though. Yeah, they've got, got a lot dudes. of pros. Bud Elliott, who a uh, friend of the show, oh, but whether he knows it or not, uh, Bud Elliott has been saying, and he talks to a ton of coaches, he's been saying all year that Michigan has the guys that everyone thinks Georgia typically has. Like, and he's been saying that all year. So that coupled with the defensive metrics they had this year made you think like, okay, they're probably pretty good on defense. I think that's kind of what we talked about in previous weeks when we, we're picking Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan, Ohio State. Like this defense seems like it's for real. The offense also had great metrics, but that kind of fell off a little bit. Um, Steve, what were your thoughts? Was it any any kind of surprise in this game, or what were your thoughts on the? Uh, no, it, the the thing that surprised me, uh, I mentioned it before the show, was uh, how like opposite swag this team was compared to like the 2019 LSU team. Like that video of them singing for he's a jolly good fella. Uh, just like it, it, like it did the opposite of making me run through, uh, run, making me want to th- run through a wall. But, um, yeah, I, I watched the first half, uh, and then like slowly realized that this, this mantra that defense wins championships just kind of always is true, but also just makes these games so boring, especially with like Michigan's offense, which was, uh, has the ability to be explosive, but is it like a fun offense to watch? Like I'm not, I'm not dialing up, you know, the, the, the big noon Saturday to watch Michigan offense. Like that's not fun. I'm watching Alex Golish yeah. week in and week out now. Uh, I need <laughs> right. something a little bit more exciting in my life. Um, so that sucked. Um, but other than that, I mean, it pretty much just went exactly according to this, to like the script, like like out, outside of JJ McCarthy's like final two drives, like no quarterback should be eight of sixteen in a national championship game and be in the position to win, and that's insane that that happened. Yeah, we we as a society need to come together. You know, I know we can solve a lot of problems in this world, right? You know, the the mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. world hunger, uh, you know, all the politics and everything like that. We need to set that all aside and it just come together and agree that. Like those Clemson Alabama games where it was like fifty six to like forty or whatever, like those were phenomenal. Those were great <laughs> national championships. Like, give me blown defensive coverages all day. Like, those are the games that I loved a lot. 
Like, give me, give you me want- the defensive back falling on the ground, stumbling his way because he's a former like two star that's never had to cover a receiver in his life against. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, uh, what's uh, Williams um, from Jameson Williams? Jameson Williams. Like, give me that guy. I don't want. I don't want to see another like seven offensive lineman offense in a national championship ever again. I disagree. You know what? That, that's, that's what we call some big boy football. Here's the one thing that did yeah. shock me, just to kind of go in, because I just looked at these numbers. JG McCarthy was pretty much said like he's got a. There's going to be a game. He's going to have to put the team on his shoulders and win. And by golly, there was not. And he did not have to, and he didn't have to do it. And he uh, he he threw for less than three thousand yards, twenty two touchdowns, four interceptions, and seventy two percent completion percentage. And that's an eighty eight point two passer rate or QBR, which is third in the nation. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to hand it off to his, you know, his running backs, let the, let, let the offensive line do their job. And that's like, that's kind of, that's kind of football, football my dad loves. He likes to say like, give, give the rock to the running backs, get them behind those elephants and just pound the rock. That's like what I grew up with, literally like what he loved. Yeah. And I, I, I'm really interested to see what happens with McCarthy. I thought, I mean, he's fifth on Mel Kuyper's big board for whatever that's worth in terms of quarterbacks. Like, all right, <laughs> I, I guess he has flashes, but it, it was weird. We, I think we even talked about it last week when we were previewing the game. It felt like Michigan just had stuff held back all year. Like they never even had to get into any, like anything crazy just because their defense was so good. They were never uncomfortable in a game. I don't think this. Maybe a little bit during Alabama, but it was still within a score. You know, are they, 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 are, are, they holding stuff, are they holding stuff back for the Senior Bowl? I don't under, like what are it, we, it, I mean, they, they didn't like, need to, they didn't need to break anything out, it, which it's is it's, it's it's you don't need to, they went the first section of the play sheet, but they didn't need but, to yeah. the second part. It's like oh, break glass in case of emergency. There's cobwebs on it. It, like it never happened. <laughs> they have they have a like, spice cabinet uh, filled with spices, and they put salt and pepper on their chicken hey, the entire year, bro. Uh, this is like this is the white person turkey on Thanksgiving. Like it was so plain. But if it, it was like perfectly cooked, <laughs> it, it, it worked. It did the job. Everybody left full. <laughs> Retained enough also, juices to be okay. It was perfectly cooked. Also, Jim Harbaugh coached in less than half of the games this season. Right? So it's like it's it's uh, that's another thing. One of the craziest dominant seasons. Yeah. Like we mentioned we mentioned this before. They did not face a single goal to go situation on defense until the Penn State game in like the first week of November. Like I know that they were running over tomato cans for the first two months, but that's ridiculous. That's that's oh my god, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, I think a worthy champion uh, based on pretty much everything. Defense, I think I saw somebody had them above Georgia's defense from a couple years ago. Like one of the best defenses since the turn of the century by some metrics. They snuffed SP a lot of people out. out. Yeah. And then uh I mean we got Washington offense, they just <laughs> like so what how long does it take until like all of these wins get vacated? You can't vacate the feeling. We sure doesn't matter. Ask Louisville. I guarantee those fans that were there don't give a flip. <laughs> isn't that, you isn't can't that the, uh, how it makes you feel? Banners fly forever. Until they take them down and they're hidden away. Uh, hey, after that five. 
and mentioned it, it's last last year Louisville hung up like the NCAA allowed Louisville to hang up a number one coaches poll banner for the 2013 season. So something, so banners fly forever. It doesn't necessarily have to say that, that particular banner. NCAA, I mean, NCAA doesn't run the playoff. So I, I would merely hang a banner. Like if they were going to vacate it and be like, it's done, you can't, sorry. I would just get a banner and say 15 and 0 season. And then you won these two games. Like the, it, I, I don't. I think like NCAA does run the playoffs, so they can just say playoff champion. All right, they're good. They'll be all right. What, is, is Bill Hancock going to go up in the scout and go up in a boom lift and tear it down himself? <laughs> I think Peyton Silva's still up there, like protecting the the Louisville one. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, that was the championship game, which is usually kind of the biggest deal. Saban said, "Nah, uh, uh-uh. uh." Nick Saban, after 17 years at Alabama, announces his retirement. It started to trickle out. I first saw somebody say Saban's retiring in uh, our Discord, and I went and looked, and my nothing had refreshed on Twitter. I was like, this guy is just, he's just being a jokester. And then, no, <laughs> it really happened. Chris Love, um, Bruce Southman, like everybody. Yeah, I was like, oh, I need a refresh here. This says 54 minutes ago. Um, okay. Total shocker. I mean, I guess. Kind of, not really. Now, we'll go to Nathan Bond first. Nathan Bond of the Bayer Examiner, you did get to ask Saban a question. I did. Is that and feeling like, is that stock appreciated greatly? I then? mean, yeah. So it, you know, it was like uh, Dogecoin, I would say. So like real high and then cratered. And then it's kind of tripled <laughs> back up would be like the the perfect example for it. And I'm a I'm gonna get this take off and let y'all have at it. College football without Nick Saban is not gonna be fun. There needs to be a villain, much like the NFL, like Bill Belichick, Kirby. Tom Brady era. I, no, I appreciate what Kirby Smart's been able to do because he was he was almost Fredo, and then he turned into General Kirby. Like he like he turned into Nick Saban. Like he. He could have been off. Like he was very close to being Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, and then Kirby turned it around. Right? Like he is now a made man. What Nick Saban has done for college football is unmatched. At two different SEC schools, countless of guys in the NFL, countless titles. College football will not be the same without Nick Saban. And this is a very sad day for college football, regardless of the outside noise. When you lose, and he is an absolute legend. He is a Hall of Famer, like first ballot, like put him in tomorrow, Hall of Famer. Uh, When you lose a guy who still coached DBs like he did 20 years ago, it, it you can't help but think, man, college football got worse today. Well, yeah. definitely. I mean, he's the best ever, in my opinion, is, um, you know, with, you know, coaching background and everything, like, he's the best to ever do it in college football. Like, uh, the the consistency is unbelievable. The ability to kind of go every year is unbelievable. The ability to adapt and innovate. Like, I remember when everyone was laughing and, and – <laughs> laughing and having a good old time when the 
spread offense or no huddle stuff started getting really popular. And he asked, you know, is this what we want college football to be? And everyone's like, oh, old man saving hilarious. No, he was, it was just like, to me, it was like, you know, in Batman and then George Costanza stole in Seinfeld. He was saying like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like, all right. And then he went out and just put together statistically the greatest offense of all time. The year after LSU was the greatest offense of all time, his Alabama team game the next year was even better. Like it was, he was able to adapt. He was able to, um, obviously like in a young man's game, he signed the greatest class of all time on paper last season, signed the number two class this year. Like it's not gotten any easier and he was just unbelievable. And like, I, I don't, I think he's, he's so good that I think he's graduated from the villain role for a lot of people. Like he's gone from, 10, you know, 10 years ago, everyone hated it when Alabama won. Right. It was hilarious. Now everyone, like, it's just begrudging respect at this point, even if you don't like him. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to leave a hole. But, I, you know, it's – I think he's was so good that you couldn't even hate him at this point. And even, even when – and uh, even when Alabama was, like, humming, right, like they were cruising through and everybody hated him – for for me and this I'm just talking about me personally like even with like Belichick the Patriots like they're it's a similar path right like they were they just kind of took over the NFL and college football almost at the exact same time um I think the Patriots had already won a couple of Super Bowls before like Saban really took off at Bama it got to a point where you're like you're just watching art at this point like they were Yes. So far ahead of their peers. They were phenomenal at their jobs and you hated them because they were so much better than anything that you could put out. And it's like, sometimes like it's like a musician who uh, hears a song. It's like, damn, I I wish that could have been that, that I wish I would have even thought about putting that riff together. And it was like you said, uh, you know, he, I think he won a freaking title with Greg McElroy as quarterback. Like, what are we talking about? Like, bro, like, like the dude won with terrible quarterbacks, and it was like, oh, so this is the spread. All right, uh, here's we'll Jalen Hurts and Tua. We'll do Congratu- that. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. I am going to just dominate. Here's five first round receivers in the same room. <laughs> like. <laughs> The guy was incredible, and he's going to be sorely missed. Um, the, what he like, he changed the game forever, and he is the goat coach. All right, can I ask football. a quick question of everybody? Uh, as I've I've just gotten my praise for Nick Saban out, best ever. I I think he's the best coach ever. A ton of respect for him. Was super excited to be able to see him in person when Alabama traveled to USF this year. That was a really big deal. As somebody that loves college football. Um, so I, I asked this question with a lot of respect. Did he ruin college football? He broke. He <laughs> broke the sport. Yeah. Like it's it's insane. It's insane how many fan bases he drove insane to the brink of it. Like the SEC was already this madhouse of warring factions, and nearly every program except for maybe Vanderbilt, in some point got driven to the point of insanity throughout this 15-year run. It's it's crazy how dominant this dude was throughout his entire 
throughout his entire career at college football. And what really like jumps out at me, because I grew up in LSU fan with a bunch of family from Baton Rouge in that area. It's crazy how he is the father of both the modern LSU program and the modern Alabama program. You have these two programs who at the time were underachieving and not underachieving, not not in line, not having like all their ducks in a row. And he turned them into the two best, two of the best programs in the entire country. Like LSU, like I know LSU people still have their love hating relationship, but he is undeniably still like everything that you see with that program traces back to him. And then he goes to one of their bitter rivals in the league and <laughs> ups it even another level. That's, that's insane. That's that's just crazy when you like really like sit down and you look at like what he's able to accomplish. And just as a side note, Nate, you brought up Bill Belichick a couple of times. And the insane thing is, is that within the next 24 to 48 hours, we may be getting Bill Belichick news, dude. That is yeah, Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick being hired at Alabama. <laughs> yeah, some, some people, yeah. I'm not, could, could you could, imagine maybe, Bill maybe Belichick just, recruiting 18-year-olds right now? Just I don't know, whatever. It's just like, it was like I was whatever. Like just what, drop the rings. You know, as long as you do your job. Yeah. Uh, Saban, yeah, a lot of people, you know, for for everyone who's younger than us or doesn't know too much, uh, Saban did was uh, Belichick's DC on the Cleveland Browns in the early nineties, uh, before he took the Michigan State job, and that's again everyone kind of forgets he also took he did pretty well with Michigan State as well. Um, Nick Saban, for me, that's kind of where I really started to get into college football was always knowing him at LSU. And that's when I kind of knew that it, like I grew up a Florida State fan. Um, my brother went there and um, LSU was always was always right there. And it's just kind of what he did to and had a whole a renaissance. And I know everyone kind of looks back at or doesn't really look back, but like what he did in, 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 with the Dolphins in the NFL and then coming back to Alabama, it was a like perfect opportunity for him to put his mark. I mean, it's, it's him and Bear Bryant. And those are your two. But uh, Saban finishes his Alabama career two hundred and one and twenty nine, and he lost six his first an year. Alabama fan, yeah, he lost and six his first year. Louisiana Monroe too. Two hundred and one and twenty nine. Like, can you mentions. imagine? I just like and I don't understand. We also got the like, being an Alabama fan, just seeing this dominance and seeing how incredible a, a coach can be with a program in very different iterations, evolving multiple times. Coaches don't historically do. And then also, this year might have been his best coaching job of his career, getting yeah. this team to the playoff. And, you know, obviously they lose to Michigan, who's the national champions. But I, kind of watching that and, like, we were watching the USF game and going, this is this is what, you know, this is the Nick Saban is over party. And then he flipped the switch and turned it back around. And, well, now uh, I guess he's he is over party. Um, Interesting. Bear Bryant yeah. also kind of had to switch up his offense partway through his tenure and go from what he was running to kind of the wishbone. So that's an interesting uh, parallel there. Stieg, where do do you think the impact of Nick Saban is in college football? So I, I live in the mindset of like, yeah, this is, I mean, Nick Saban retiring, this is monumental for the sport, but typically things are going to evolve. I mean, they were probably saying the same thing about Bear Bryant. Like things are going to evolve. We're, we're going to have a new coach that becomes the eye candy that, becomes the dominant i mean it's it's bound to happen at some point it's just it to me it like it's widespread like it just 
it was peanut butter and jelly. It was Nick Saban in, in Alabama for me, being a, a little bit younger than you guys. You know, I didn't know any different than Nick Saban just dominating. And so my first couple of years actually following college football, um, you know, I, I there was nothing else. It was just like, oh, we got Alabama on the schedule, like crap. Like, and so when USF played Alabama this year, I mean, you guys heard me all week. It was just accept the L it's done. Just get it over with. The pain machine is just going to march on because they have been a pain machine for 17 years, essentially. Like you just, you couldn't, you couldn't fathom beating Alabama as a smaller school. You couldn't fathom Alabama losing a big game. Like when, when it, when Alabama lost national championships, it felt like a fluke more than that. The other team was better at times. And that's just, that is the weirdest and most dominant way you could ever, ever live in this sport is that your losses were flukes. And, and there are just two people, actually one, one person and then one group of people who just deserve a giant L tonight. It is whoever is replacing Nick Saban, because we all know that's, it's not going to work. They could get whomever they wanted on the whim, and we all know it's not going to work. And secondly, Auburn fans rolling Toomer's corner tonight oh, is just the, it's the fattest L you could ever take. No, I'm sure. sorry. I'm I disagree. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, if you went, Nick Saban was your flipping daddy, daddy, for, daddy. for years, he, and you celebrate his retirement by rolling yes. Toomer's corner because Correct. you couldn't do that for for more than ninety percent of the games. When do you like, roll? Toomer, when do you roll Toomer's corner? When after you win football win. games after big not, wins, after no, big this wins, is not a, this is not a big win for Auburn. Oh, this it's a, a big win for Auburn. <laughs> this is the it, biggest it, win it, Auburn's had since. If the Auburn beat Alabama in that last game, absolutely roll Tumor's corner. You no. choked. You des- you don't deserve no. happiness for you. Nick Saban deserves to be your coach for like a season and just go zero and twelve. That's where you're at with no, this Auburn. Roll, like, roll. Do something I, better, Auburn. Like that's strong that's my take on it. Strong disagree. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's. They a ran through our ass like ten and a sh- t- uh, what shit through a tin horn. I mean, yeah. I mean, God, yep. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say when you're talking Belichick uh, and Saban. Interesting, like when you get them talking about something of football minutia, that's when like you mentioned art, like Belichick going for ten minutes on long snappers and or why long snappers <laughs> got specialized, like. That kind of stuff, Saban talking about like option and stuff like that is always been awesome. I think, you know, really though, like the most interesting part of this is what's next. I don't, we got a fan with sources here in the chat. Dan Lanning and Eric B. Enemy have been contacted by Bama. I'm fairly certain that Dan Lanning would get contacted. I don't think there's any way on earth Eric B. Enemy is getting contacted. I would be shocked. Eric, so here's the thing with Eric uh, Bieniemy. Uh, disciplinarian was the thing that probably helped the Kansas City Chiefs over the last couple of years, and you're seeing the lack of that under Andy Reid this season. I think he was the disciplinarian to Andy Reid's like Lucy Goosey, kind of the same guy as Nick Saban. Like Nick's, he's he's you know fun. You know he's the old bogey from is West that, Virginia, but also I'm going to lay your ass down. It's Dan Lanning or Kirby Smart. Those are your two options. And, and I, Kirby. 
And so, neither neither one should be dumb enough to be the first guy to follow Nick Saban. I, I have a I have a theory on that, if if you will. Okay, so when has the guy to follow the guy ever been elite? Like it doesn't happen often. The guy to follow the guy, like Ron Zook. Nobody on this camera is, no- is Ron Zook. Like North all Dakota these State. guys are elite names. Like it's and it's not like um. Like when uh, Urban Meyer left, why did Urban Meyer leave Florida when he had it rolling? One, Nick Saban was one uh, reason. Second uh, reason, like brain he, things, right? It was a, yeah, and that, like everyone, you know, he wanted to spend time with his family. He so. totally let it go to crap. Like he totally, it, there was erosion in the program. Yeah, of like discipline and other stuff. Like Saban is leaving you. Whoever comes in. Uh, I think still the best roster in college football, just in terms of like team talent composite. If you get everyone to stay, which I think if you get a big coach, guys will stay. He's and it, I think it's about if the boosters will stay as locked in as they have been. I don't think you don't have to go from you know. I don't necessarily think the guy that comes in next is automatically going to fail because he's the next guy. Like this is probably the best situation. This is this is kind of like the Lincoln Riley situation at Oklahoma. Like Lincoln Riley was the guy after a guy, and he took over a really good situation. And guess what? They're able to win immediately. Now there's no continuity there in terms of scheme because I do not think anybody that's on staff is getting this job. So um, you're telling not, me Charlie Strong doesn't have a chance to get this job. He's a strong, strong candidate. Uh, Kevin Steele's like, wait, no, I unretire. <laughs> head coaching experience. Uh, yeah, I'm retiring from DC because I'm uh, going to be Kevin. Kevin Steele also retired, so that, like that's not an option. You're not giving the job to Tommy Reese, like not not after that <laughs> last big call. And so here's here's my question: When did he know? They said he was re- he was interviewing guys today. And he's like, "Oh God, there's nobody. I'm da- I'm out." I saw somebody say, "Look, Jalen Miller in the eye and said, I'm not doing this again." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk. Yeah, no, uh, 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 but apparently he was still recruiting everything. There you go. <laughs> that's that was. That, yeah, he looked that's at, why. He I mean, finally oh, looked shoot, at next I do it year's again. Schedule. Yeah, he finally looked at next year's schedule. I think um, Tim Yates, aka let's talk candidates. Yeah, let's talk candidates. Um. Or Nick, what do you you got? You have something to say? What do you oh, I, I, like you asked, like, when did he like know he was out? I think, I think in his mind last year, if if he had won it with Bryce, I think that's that's the perfect like send off. I think like in his mind, it's like okay, Bryce is going to be the last guy that I'm going to like really mold and send out of here with the national with the national championship, and then I'm piecing out. And he didn't, and that didn't happen. So he comes. So I think he comes back trying to give it another shot. Has the Milrow crap happen early in the season? It's like okay, I have to MacGyver this thing and like really adjust on the fly to get this across the finish line. Came up close, but obviously ran into like that great Michigan team. Still took him to overtime, but ran into that great Michigan team. And I think like once that fell apart, and you like kind of look around, he doesn't really have another upgrade over Milro, whatever it's like you know what i'm out this is this is where i'm gonna call it which is probably a good choice yeah i I thought i thought before the playoff i was like it could work out perfectly if uh they win and texas wins 
his first national championship at Alabama was beating Texas in the Rose Bowl. If he could have beat Texas for another national championship, I was like, that would be a perfect way to tie it up in a bow and then retire. Uh, but after he lost, I was like, I, I think he's got to try. He's going to try to go out with one. But I think you might be right on Nick that that was his thought last year because he really seemed to enjoy that team. I get I, from what I've heard from people, he really liked this team a lot too. Uh, but I think it's more because they, I think they probably overachieved a little bit. Yeah, like sometimes you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. I legitimately think that the the seed got planted against Texas this year, and then it blossomed walking to the locker room during the rain delay <laughs> against USF. <laughs> like I, like he'll never say. Like he'll never he'll never give it. But man, like that video of him walking back to the locker during the rain delay. He's dejected. And I, I don't think he's I don't think we've ever seen Nick Saban as dejected as he was. Like not in a way of like, oh, I don't think we're gonna win this or anything like that. He's like, ah, like I'm done with this. Like this is is the juice worth the squeeze at this point? And then he wins 17 to 3. He was just yeah. thinking, he was thinking, man, the OCI I hired for my last year told me this Buckner guy was the dude in the portal. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what he was thinking as he walked. And I wasted, I wasted, wasted everyone's bro, time. Tommy Reese is never going to get another job. Like he, no, nah, like, he'll, he'll be all right. I'm sure. I, I hope not. Borrow forty seconds of your time because this is an awesome list. Head coaching tree under Nick Saban. Which I do is really quick. I'm time myself. Okay. L.C. Cole, Dean Pease, Bobby Williams, Tom Amstutz, Mark D'Antonio, Brad Salem, Scott Linehan, Derek Dooley, Greg Colby, Josh McDaniels, Mike Haywood, Jimbo Fisher, Jason Garrett, Kurt Signetti, Pat Shermer, Will Muschamp, Mike Malarkey, Jim Malkawain, Brian Pullian, Dan Quinn, Adam Gase, Kirby Smart, Major Applewhite, Jeff Collins, Mario Cristobal, Lane Kiffin, Jeremy Pruitt, Billy Napier, Mike Loxley, Mel Tucker, eh. Freddie Kitchens, Joe Judge, Butch Jones, Steve Sarkeesian, Charles Huff, Dan Landing, Ron Cooper, Brian Dayball, Brent Key, Lance Taylor. All head coaches in college in the NFL under Nick Saban in his career. Jeez, <laughs> talent evaluation. Do you knew how to, knew how to hire assistants? Now, uh, speaking of hiring coaches, who replaces Nick Saban? I think um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk through the candidates here. Dan Lanning is the first name. He's the name that everyone's been saying for basically the whole year when people are like, saving out, they'll go after Lanning. Don't do it. Stay working, brother. Why, Dan, so don't do it. What do you think in terms of obviously Alabama, where they're at now? New SEC, some of the edges at Alabama are because Saban is so good, like in his reputation. How difficult is that going to be to replicate? Because Dane Lane is going to go into the Big Ten and be the third best recruiter at worst, maybe second best immediately. So what's the impetus for him to leave? Do you think there is one? No. You are in a prime position because none of the other Big Ten schools outside of Michigan, Ohio State, sometimes USC, are very good on offense, like chill, chill there. This is like sacrificing like your pawn to, to like get the King into check, right? Like Dan Lanning, Kirby smart, do not move on this job yet. 
wait until the guy after Nick Saban flames out and we all know it's going to happen. Kirby Smart's not I, I don't I don't know that for sure. Kirby Smart's not Georgia's a better job than Alabama. Right now, yeah. You're gonna, whoa, whoa. Oh, okay. oh, pump the brakes. No, it is. Oh wow. Georgia is our so if you're Kirby Smart, you've already like I think of Kirby Smart as Gen X Saban. Is right? this is this like <laughs> no. a ba- is this a Pama Georgia are on the same plane or like Georgia's ahead of Georgia's better. Right now, like right now, it's yeah. A better job. A better job right now. That's and, that absolutely yeah. that's that's a separate conversation that we're gonna have because the state of Georgia, the state of Georgia the state of Georgia is like one of the most underrated talent producers and, and it's growing as like Atlanta grows and suburbs grow there. Like it's it's a much better your it, your access to talent at Georgia is much greater than Alabama. And there's that's an that's an, that's going to be an interesting conversation to have this offseason for sure. We can have it. Um, oh, we will. I assure you, we will. <laughs> um, but outside, okay, so take Dan Lanning and Kirby off the table because Dan Lanning's not stupid enough to be the guy to follow Saban. Kirby off the board because it's a better job. It is. I mean, okay, sure, pal. Uh, <laughs> what way is Alabama better that doesn't have to do with Nick Saban? It's historically, it's, it's, it's historic. Okay, it's let's get Penn out here. That's a better job than two, right? <laughs> oh, here say, we go. Did you say Pitt or Pitt? Pin. Pitt or Penn? Not Pitt. Like you, you Penn? <laughs> you Penn? Yeah. What about Rutgers? They played in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's also. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait for you guys to fight. Later. Oh, this is gonna be so. Well, good. Yeah, I, I, that, that I, I, I don't think it'll be either of those two guys. So, like, what's who's next? I'll tell you, there's one person <laughs> dumb enough to take this job. And we all ready on the count of three. Everyone, three, two, one. Lane Gus. Kiffin. Oh, oh, damn it. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Gus. Oh, man. Gus. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Lane. Here's the Lane uh, would be an interesting candidate. Uh, obviously, I think he wants it. I think that's why he held out. From going to Auburn last year, um, he's also building his best team ever at Ole Miss. Is he? Does he? Is he a guy that wants to see it through, Do you or see is it? he a guy that is like peace out? It's but, also the question. Like you know, he just lost his running back, right? Like the the running back went to the portal. Yeah. So now, okay. Well, if I can't bring if I can't bring the entire band back together, <laughs> you do have a glass ceiling at Ole Miss. There's always going to be that. This is the, like what you're doing is hitting the top of where you possibly yeah. can be. I think Lane Kiffin wants nothing more than to sit in the Nick Saban seat with his feet up, put up the Joey Freshwaters title, and go. It's me, baby. Let's go. I just think Lane. like I can like that's but what also, he wants to do. How entertaining would it be if he got the job? Like I, I think Lane Kiffin presents the opportunity of. It is such a, it, it, it's a much higher job than what he had at Ole Miss, but it's really going to test like, okay, how good of a coach are you actually? Right. Because he's, he was really good as an OC. He was good at FAU. Ole Miss has a ceiling, right? It's, it's a 10 win season at Ole Miss. You'll luck into 11, maybe. 
how good are you really when when it when the chips like are stacked against you how good are you really i'm not entirely sure he's that guy i think he talks about being that guy i don't think he's actually that guy and don't uh, joey freshwater uh was invented in tuscaloosa so i think he's got a bit of a reputation there that he still would have to get past with some people but he i would I don't know. Nick, do you think he'd want to see it through at Ole Miss's last year? Because, I mean, there's also, like, if he's gunning for – if he's just like, I want a bigger job than Ole Miss, Florida's probably coming over next year. Lane has won it out of Ole Miss for, like, a long time. Like, I mean, if you listen to Split Zone Duo, like, Godfrey always says, like, he's in – like, he's – whenever he doesn't have to be in Oxford, he's down in Florida in the Keys, right? So to me, if the opportunity presented itself, he would absolutely take this job 100%. If not, you look, you just wait about a year and there may be an opening in Gainesville. Yeah. And he would definitely jump on that too. But yeah, he, he'll abandon Oxford in a heartbeat. He doesn't want to be there. The, the multi-transfer rules over. This this superpower team that he's building at Ole Miss, he's just gonna pick it up and pick it up in Tuscaloosa, anyways. <laughs> I don't know how many of those guys would. There's a couple, but most of them wouldn't start it out. That's the thing. Like a Jackson Dart would start at Alabama. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a couple. Walter Nolan would also probably I, go over. But like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like you, Lane is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lane is. Um, He's putting together a really good team this year. Probably his best team ever. A chance uh, the team probably gonna make the playoff, maybe start in top ten. But like go to Alabama and you've got all that stuff too. Like is, is there's yeah. that's the that's my good funnier lane spot, and then we'll get on to some other candidates. Um Alabama or uh Michigan if our when our bowl leave. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. Could you, could you imagine Michigan man Lane Kiffin? Why? <laughs> No, he he's not going north of the Mason Dixon line anytime soon, for sure. Like he's a Southern dude. Um, I would just feel so bad for Sharon Moore. Yeah. Other, uh, we're bringing Lane other Kevin. Have fun with that. Bama candidates, right? Um, is Dabo an option? No, they ain't putting up with Dabo's ass. Like he comes in talking that portal. So he- is he too is he too Southern Baptist for even no, for Alabama? Uh, that's no, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Alabama ain't, that's all Here's, he's too uh non-portal. Yeah. The only the only portal he believes in is baptism. But uh, <laughs> uh he's, but here's the thing. Like, so this just came out interesting, like just came out today from Ross Dellinger. Uh Charlie Baker is the head of the NCAA. That's not going to focus. Expects uh, the D1 council to begin the process of activating the proposal he announced that permits school to pay NIL directly to athletes. So NIL will be coming in-house. So basically, I think what's coming down the, the pipe here is that you're going to have GMs and you're going to have front office. So if it's like we're bringing Dabo, but he's going to have a GM that runs all the – like Dabo probably what doesn't would not agree to that, but that would solve some of his issues, I'd imagine. Yeah. I think he's probably it's a couple years late for Dabo, uh, because you can't get a guarantee he's going to use a portal. So, which is a huge part. Isn't he one hour? Isn't ago. he dabbling in in the portal now? No, like, no portal commits. Still, 
They've dabbled, but yeah, no portal commits. So yeah, Unless they won the four straight at the end. He just uh, went away from it. Hold on, give oh, me one second. They've they've got they're putting offers out. They just haven't. I think uh, they just haven't any commits yet in the portal. One hour ago, students gathered in front of Brian Denny and chanted, "Anyone but Dabo." So. <laughs> I've, I've, they'll they'll brew it themselves out of it too. I no, I, the big money guys like that. But he's from Alabama. He played for Gene Stallings, right? Like he's he's, he's, a, he's a Birmingham think, boy. Like people like, that like, give money would love Dabo. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly certain. Um, um, nobody cares what the students say. But in Alabama, he is, <laughs> he is actually just called by William Christopher. Like he's not. He does not damn. He's not Dabo at Alabama anymore. That's true. That, so, that, that's uh, not too. so we got you had Lanning as uh, I think he's the betting favorite on you know these sites where you can bet. The top three were Lanning, Sweeney, and Kiffin. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is another name that's been up there. Oh, God, I think that. to me that's the most like all these other names are they're going to reverberate. You know, with if one of these big sitting head coaches leaves, there's a big job open washington i think is probably the one with the least reverberation they may elevate just promote the oc and yeah move on like um guys won everywhere could he handle the bama job you think that's another situation where it's just like stay in the pacific northwest brother you're going to the big 10 it's gonna be Mm -hmm. like you're gonna walk in as a top four top five program in that conference like all just, right. stay, just stay put. All right. If, if you're not from the area, does the allure of Bama really bring you in? I'm just, I'm with you there. It's like stay, stay where you've been successful. And Ryan Grubb, a lot of those coaches have been with him the whole time too. If he were to go and Ryan Grubb says, I'm going to stick around because I'll get the job, the Washington job now, does that tandem not being there anymore change things in, in their direction? Uh, that one feels a little off. The tape off the off the cuff, but I mean he's won everywhere, so that that's great to have his name in there. So uh, other name that I've seen some people throw around that I thought was interesting, especially right so far every candidate's been like you've got a pretty good besides Lane, you know you're in a good spot, you're going to a big conference. Uh, Mike Norvell's name's been thrown around a little bit. Ooh. He doesn't recruit the high school level at quite the way Alabama could, but being in Alabama probably would help that. You think? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Mike Norvell? And, oh, so here's my, I, I said, I think I said earlier, I've got a Domino's. So Mike Norvell to Alabama, Deion Sanders to Florida State. Uh, Deion Sanders uh, is a uh, product of an HBCU now. So like, I don't know if they really appreciate him coming back to Florida he probably, State. I think he'd be all right with it. Would, would he renounce that? I, I don't know how that worked. I don't know. He, he burned that bridge, it seemed like. Yeah, there's a. I mean, where do they? I mean, where would this is? I mean, it's kind of super hypothetical. But where do they go? Like, they might just bring up uh, Alex Atkins, right? They could, but now you're like, good luck. First, first gig. It yeah. could be, and he's. There's, he's I mean, head coaching job soon, but there's a pretty good ginger down in Tampa. That, yeah, no, that's where the dominoes start to <laughs> fall. We've seen a few different people ask, "Is it, does this affect goalish?" It's like not for Alabama. But not right. Get to the second, third right now. Could be. Um, Ole Miss could be. Uh, Jesse Minter. 
Ooh. I don't. I don't. I, this does not seem like Florida State. Yeah. This does not. Are you talking about Florida State or? I'm talking Alabama. about uh, Alabama. This, this does not seem like a first head coach job. Job like. I don't know. I mean, he's got. Like just looking at the resume, like he he he's from Arkansas, so he's got the South, right? Like, I I will beat you with the North or whatever the office <laughs> thing is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he coached at Vanderbilt, was very good, has the, like the Harbaugh connection. I don't know. That seems like a pretty good spot, but he could also be an option at Michigan if and, and Harbaugh ends that, up in the NFL. There's thought that McDonald, who's Harbaugh's NFL Harbaugh's DC, is going to get a head coaching job, and then Mentor just slides yeah. into Baltimore because that's yeah, kind of how that happened. Yeah, they flip flopped a little bit, right? Any any names we haven't mentioned that are, I'd say one name I think is kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't think Alabama fans would go for it, but a guy that's in need of a reset, I think. Uh Ryan Day. Uh no. It'd be it'd be ugly. Yeah. He does he does need that reset hard. Um I saw <laughs> yeah. someone mention Brian Man. Kelly. They don't they, I I know they don't want that, but like that. Mm. If if LSU didn't get to him, I would say that that would be a, a candidate that they would consider heavily strongly. But he's at LSU now, and they have like this ridiculous recruiting class coming up next year. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys will. I don't think it'd be tough to take him to Bama. I've got I've got one oh. off the so off the board. I was going to have one. Go stuff. ahead. Let's go ahead. So off the board. And and by so off the board, I mean the man has never coached in college. However, he's got the riz, he's got the talent. Patrick, he's, he's got yes, and Patrick. <laughs> how'd you how'd you how'd you know? Riz um, King, Pat Shermer. Uh, he he's got the he's got it all. Uh, looking for a reset. Uh, terrible back half of the NFL season. Mike Vrabel. Close. He is a Mike. Mike McDaniel. Ooh. Just the Dolphin, just stealing from the Dolphins. Just go back. <laughs> it, wor- it worked once. Do it again. I, I did a, have that thought that they might, they might go a, NFL like, to replace Nick. All right. Here, there's here's a joke the, like, there, but I won't. Here, here's, here's the thing. Like, and I am taking this way too seriously. Like it's going to happen, but he would be such a good college coach. Yeah. But like, if you guys watch the end season, like hard knocks, yeah. like that's the stuff that gets like college kids riled up. Not, I don't think it works well with NFL guys, but like for college players, it would work. I, I think until they shore up the calendar, some of their stuff, that move is going to be super rare. Guys going from NFL to college. Another name that was brought up, but kind of similar thing, D'Amico Ryans. No, he's, got, he's got something good going on. He's got a guy. The Dolphins, are, the Dolphins were on the sale almost a Tuesday. They were like a. They lost like, they lost five of the last six or something. Some, yeah, they had guys hurt. Sure. Whatever. Uh, D'Amico uh, Ryan played at Alabama. D'Amico Ryan. Uh, Mike McDaniel. What's the, I, got the there's a there is there is a joke to make about Mike McDaniel, but it's 
I don't really see many guys it would Mike McDaniel be the first black coach at Alabama that's yeah that's the yeah, he would be. Yes, yeah, he would. <laughs> yes. That's that's that, that was so, the jo- that was the joke. Okay. So, in terms uh, of like, uh, a, uh, I mean, talk talk about easing in. In terms I, of a small I, leap, yeah. I, I, I have an toe in. I think someone. I I mean, God, a lot of the fans. God, yeah. God bless. I mean, it just really dipping your toe into the the pool of like the other half of the world. <laughs> I mean, congrats on getting to like 1998. I don't, I don't know. It would help. Uh, I, I have one that I'm surprised the name hasn't popped up. Like, I kind of get it, but uh, I figured there at least be in there somewhere. Steve Sarkeesian. No, yeah, he's another, think- I think he's in like that landing, you know, tier of like why? Because you're technically like you, you were there and you helped orchestrate a really solid offense there in yeah. Alabama. Texas is going to the SEC, and there is going to be a learning curve. You could realistically pivot over to Bama, where a, you likely will be with open arms, and Texas might have a hard time making that transition. Whereas if you go to Alabama, you know you're going to have the leg up theoretically. If you think they're from a program standpoint, they're better. So here's why Sark would never go back to Bama. There are other things to do in Austin, Texas. Mm. That there isn't in Tuscaloosa, Bro, so like have, they don't have time to do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, here's the thing: like the only thing that Sark could do in Tuscaloosa is drink, and that can permeate throughout the rest of his job. So maybe uh-huh. if there's other things to do in Austin other than just sitting in your office in Alabama. Yeah, I, I. I, I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I that I think like in terms of if he feels like any pressure in his job, it could be interesting like to reset the clock, so to speak. But I don't know, man. Texas is some. I think they're on par with Alabama in terms of a job. So and from a, from a financial standpoint too, and just being Texas as big as it is, and you beat them, you beat Alabama. You don't need to go there. But I thought that was an interesting kind of like. A name I, I haven't seen floated around there in a world where James Franklin's name is floated around there, and uh, I thought that was that's a, a gen, that's a work of Jim that's a work of Jimmy Sexton right there. <laughs> it is boy Franklin of all. Another name I saw that it could be an agent thing as well. Um, Marcus Willie Freeman. Taggart. No, Mar- <laughs> Marcus Freeman. Interesting. It would be kind of an interesting young guy is leading one of the premier programs in college football already, but would make recruiting a little bit easier. I need to see more from Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. He's been pretty good. Like he's had like the first two years for him has been pretty solid, but I think stepping up into a massive job like that, I think Alabama fans would need to see more. I think him kind of like Sark would be a good, like let's check back in three years. <laughs> now for the guy after the guy like after we get rid of whoever we were about to hire like let's go check in with those guys again and see no i think i think whoever florida's ad is is just taking notes on all these guys that don't get picked and is going to go after like freeman i think will be a candidate florida next year if they have the job lane would be a candidate for all uh quite a few of these guys i think um so we'll see um Anybody else you've seen? Because we're, we're kind of we're going long here. 
Anybody else you've seen that's interesting, or any other name you think that would be interesting for the job? It's obviously, I think, you know, despite the guy after the guy, I think it's going to be pretty coveted because these guys are pretty confident in themselves. Most of these coaches that make it to this level, uh, you're getting the keys to, you know, an absolute behemoth. So any other names you guys have seen or would be interesting to you besides Kerwin Bell? <laughs> uh, you took the the name out of my mouth. I don't know. I mean, Josh Heupel. Uh, mm. I don't. I don't know if Alabama is like will no. like the, uh, the the Mickey Mouse offense. They, they like. I I I don't think Rich Rod would say no this time. Mm. <laughs> He's in state, right? Jacksonville, Alabama. There you go. All right. Well, that was a extended edition of the Blackwell Roundtable. We talked the college football playoff championship. We talked some Nick Saban. I'm sure whenever that hire gets made, we'll be back talking the ramifications of that hire. And ooh, Ted Lasso in right before the buzzer. He's oh, available, from what I've heard. Oh wait, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Um. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the show's over. That's all I'm saying. The show's yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we'll stop there. We'll be back uh, in this offseason. We'll need more college football news breaks. And we'll have to talk, uh, you know, tune in later this year where we talk which is a better job, Georgia or Alabama. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Thank you for watching. We'll be back with more college football news in the future. Game the YouTube algorithm. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. Gobble's game the YouTube algorithm.